Welcome, friends. Lost Garfi, and it's time for basically a podcast with Verb again. Verbalocity. Hi, I'm Hog at the Stream Time. Yes. <laughs> this is like my fourth time I've been here now. Fourth, third, something like that. Yeah. But yes, I'm hogging the Scarf Channel now. It's basically I co-own it. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of, well, just bringing in friends as we're fi figuring it out and getting the work out. And eventually it will stop being Verb. Only a little bit. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. Actually, fun. Jag's going to bump me off. It's going to be all her. It's going to turn into just a secondary Gwent channel. Fun oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, Gwent. Jag, if you're listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Gwent is a, is a fun experience at times and not so fun at others. It's Ooh, interesting. Uh, so I'm going to go right into it here, Scarf. I've just found this out. Okay. Titanfall 2 is getting its horde mode back. Fudge yeah. Don't want to sweat. Because, Ooh. so have you played Titanfall 2? I only got to play demos of it, because I don't have a console. Right, so, later on into Titanfall 1's release life, it had a mode called Frontier Defense, which was really good. It was four players versus, uh, it's essentially, it was a horde mode, right? And with the, the way the Titans worked, and some of the ways they made brand new enemies, it's, it was really good. And now, they're redoing it with the latest update for Titanfall 2. And there's going to be custom Titan upgrades, new weapons, new enemies. Oh. It's this, That system for Titanfall 2 in general really works. But I'm a little scared that Titanfall 2, we've gotten past the point where you can say, oh, the game's release fudged it. You know, we're way past that point. It's still got a low player count. I mean, you know, but I can see by your reaction, Titanfall 2 isn't really on the radar. Yeah. So... I wonder if that's going to help it at all, having the Horde mode, because a lot of people may not like Titanfall 2, because Titanfall 2 is that midpoint between COD and Doom. It's a mid- with some additional stuff put in, because it can be so bloody fast at high level, and even at, like, mid-level, if, if you're going against, like, a pub stomper who yeah. knows his stuff, you can do some silly things, like, so much so, the devs recently added in a miles-per-hour counter. That you literally can check how fast miles per hour you're going in game, so you know you're keeping up your jump chains and whatnot. Wow. But horde mode is a complete different dynamic change for Titanfall, and that could bring some more people in. It's like, um, Scarf, did you play the new adventure in Smite? I, I did not. Was not, not, yeah. In a while. I played it a little bit. I had more, like, other new games to play at the time, but for the people who were invested into it, a lot of people came back to Smite just for what was basically Diablo. In the adventure, oh. the Trials of Hercules, which just ended in the mid-season patch that dropped today, as of recording. So, that kind of mode switch can often bring more people into games, I've noticed, which is nice. That comes into a bigger topic of PV versus PvP, I think, or just different game modes. Yeah. Because uh, some people just don't like fighting other people. There are people who only play bot AI games. Like, they'll only play they fight bot AI. And I know... I, I don't know if it was Smite. I know one of the MOBAs, like one of the players with the most XP in the game, they only played bots. They never played against other humans. So oh, that is God, a thing. I want to say... That wasn't Strife. That game's dead. It wasn't the big three. It wasn't the big two. It wasn't League or Dota. I want to say it was... Uh, Paragon, the Epic's uh, third-person MOBA. I want to say it was Paragon. I'm Can not sure, though. If I'm wrong, someone say in the comments <laughs> that what it was. Because I can't be asked to Google it, and I would swear it was Paragon. But yeah, like the PVE, like even right now, we're at such a divide in terms of games, PVE, PVP. Like yeah. on one side, MOBAs slash PUBG. The, the, the PVP, full-on, not toxic-inducing kind of competitive aspect. And on the other, you've got a lot more sort of single-player games, you've got a lot more indie stuff coming out. And you've got a lot more sort of RTSs, um... And then even in the midpoint, funnily enough, is fighting games. Now, we just had Evo happen recently, but we'll talk about that in a bit. But fighting games, I feel, have been actually doing the best efforts to do both PvE and PvP. Specifically, I, I see that look, Scarf, let me explain. <laughs> yeah. I see that look, that's like yeah, inquisitive. Yeah. Injustice 2. Oh my days, that game does it really good. Not only does that game have a cracking PvE system, because, you know, it's a competitive fighting game. Yeah. But that game's story mode is almost oh. second to none. Yeah. It's pretty good. Like, I saw I, the whole thing. I, I watched, like, you, you saw the whole Injustice 2 story. Yeah. yeah. You can watch it, someone play it, and be thoroughly entertained because of the way they handled it. 
the way the story's written, they they basically took the MKX format, put it into Injustice, and put some scarily good facial animation in it, and then slapped DC on top of it. But like, have you seen some of the facial animation stuff in the, in Injustice 2? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Having actually studied it? Watched way too much of Injustice 2? Yeah, um, they did a lot of work in that. Do you remember the scene outside the, Goth uh, in the Gotham church with Cyborg, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy? Yeah. And uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah, and when she knocks her out the and everything. You, yeah, you can tell, like, just by face alone, sarcasm. <laughs> which is insane like poison ivy like that thing that you often see people do when they're like there's a slight head cop back the eyes like go slightly more into that like that kind of thing yeah the way that like uncanny valley is gone they are way up the other side <laughs> and that stuff is really good to see and this is in a fighting game story mode yeah now admitted now admittedly of course it's a story mode it's linear it's why like uncharted as well has the same kind of um, facial quality, uh, facial animation quality, there's yeah. the word, because it's linear, they can put all their guys onto the one topic. It, it is NetherRealms, though, at, with DC, and so they were able to get top-notch voice acting and all that stuff for it to make an actual story. It's, again, it's DC, it's Injustice, and they made it very interesting with that whole NetherRealms. And they tried to do it with, uh, with Mortal Kombat. Didn't really care for the Mortal Kombat story, but they've been trying to do story-based well, none of the other fighters really do. They they kind of do, but they don't really well, do. The closest I've seen in terms of quality for story recently that isn't a NetherRealm game, uh, I would say probably Tekken or which <laughs> anime? Tekken. Yeah, Tekken legit has a really good story. Yeah, Tekken is Tekken, legit. Tekken is like a soap opera, though, where it just keeps going in a circle with the same players. It's so that weird, is, though. Although Tekken 7 has some finality to it to an extent. They Finally? do leave the okay. ending open, but it does have some finality. That's all I'll say on the matter. Okay. The spoilers, but there's, it does have some finality. There's only so many times Haihachi and, and Kazuya can throw each other off a mountain. There's only so many times. <laughs> And then this Jin's time in there. Volcanoes. Yeah, and there's volcanoes. Jin's in there with the devil factor, and then Kazuya wants that, and just it's a complicated family. It is such a soap opera. It is such a soap opera. But it's just I'd hate to I'd hate to get a dinner with them if one of them agrees <laughs> on like what to order immediate into fisticuffs. Like, Oof. do one of you fancy the turkey? No, I fancy the chicken. Get back here! Like, <laughs> that'll be the worst. That is how do they make any money? They're so busy beating each other up. I don't know how they're like the number one. Mob family in that game. I don't understand. It's like uh, corporations in comic books. You're not sure how they actually work outside of, like, Stark Industries. Yeah. Because of that one scene at the beginning of Iron Man 1. But somehow, all of these dudes, like Oliver Queen in DC, has a multi-billion dollar company. The Iron Fist. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, God, that's heresy. Uh, Who's the guy who owns the Iron Fist? Knows uh, Danny Iron Rand. Fist. Danny okay. Rand. Okay. Yeah, Danny Rand has a multi-million dollar corporation. Tony's like, half the people seem to have multi-million dollar corporations. No one knows what they do. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the, it's like Tekken Corp or whatever the corporation is in Tekken that I forget. Yeah, they 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 do a lot of crap. I don't I don't really know. I have no idea. Got the time to just throw his son off a mountain and to make money somehow. I don't know. I know he's he's what he's doing. He's literally just crushing coal into diamonds on his off time. That's all he's doing for training. He's just making diamonds, making diamonds. I have no idea. They're kind of all really strong. Speaking of training by doing weird and unnecessary things, how invested are you into Dragon Ball? Oh, very. I'm launching Super and everything, so I'm really looking forward to Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Hell yeah. Yeah, Dragon Ball Fighters. They've just announced, as of recording, Krillin and Piccolo will be joining the cast. Hey, Pepper. And that's the final. Yeah, uh, the final two characters in the lineup for the closed beta coming up. Sign-ups are on June 29th, I believe. Ooh, okay. Let me check the article. That's not the beta, it's the sign-ups. The beta itself is in, like, August. Okay. Some people were getting, like... Yeah, so registration opening is July 26th. It's the 18th right now. Okay. And, yeah, so the nine characters in the lineup is Goku, Vegeta, Gohan, Cell, Freezer, Majin Buu. Trunks was announced at EVO properly. Ooh. And then... Uh, Krillin and Piccolo will be joining. Alright, okay. We haven't got any video footage of them, but there's a, a Japanese poster. Okay. That, and it, someone translated it, and they've got some wacky stuff. And what, did, they didn't say Tien, did they? You didn't say Tien in there, did you? Not Tien. No, not Tien yet. Because it's just Hadouken all over again, but Kikoho spam the whole match. <laughs> That's all you do. Just 
go, if you, go, if go. You wanna, if you're online and you perfect someone instead of Kiho, Koho, it's Kiko, go fuck yourself from a bridge. <laughs> if you don't kill yourself first using it, like, if, oh, that, if that happens, that'd be oh, interesting. Oh, Dragon Ball gets Harakiris confirmed. If you don't want to let the enemy kill you, <laughs> go out in your own Kikoho yeah. instead. Yeah. Two people. He can Kikoho and Vegeta can blow himself up. Those two things. But that's Majin Vegeta, that's different. Yeah. Sort well, of. He, he's done it twice. He did it to kill- he killed himself once and the other time he just did it. And also Piccolo can do it too. A couple guys can yeah, blow themselves up. Kind of. That's nasty habit going around yeah. Dragon Ball, isn't it? Tien summons uh, Chelsea to blow up for him. There you go. Yeah, there, there's it. I'm really interested <laughs> in just if they do uh, matching the lore stuff. If you do the specific things with the specific enemies, that would be kind of interesting. Because I know they do I... lines. I imagine they will. The game's only 20% done. Ooh. So they've, you know, the game already is having tournaments done and that's 20% and it looks wow. that good. Yeah. I imagine that's where like the, the good lore stuff gets brought in. I imagine FG other fighting games have to have taken a lesson from NetherRealm when it comes to just raw implementation. The wages system. Have you ever seen Gameplay oh, of Injustice? The yeah. two guys smash together and they see something like quirky back to each Which other. Is so cool. The amount of lore in that other games have to learn, and in the game like Dragon Ball, where you can dig to China and back and still get lore every time. Okay, that was unintentional racism, I apologize, but the that amount of lore is insane. I'd love to see what they could do with it in terms of lore, but in terms of characters, they aren't doing the thing Xenoverse did though, Scarf, which is good, which is like six versions of Goku. It's just one Goku, one Vegeta. Wait for it. That's it. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's, it's coming. <laughs> Well, it was six versions of Goku anyway. Like, I don't know. It was, okay. It's Goku, Goku Black. Well, no, in Xenoverse, there's, like... The different the skins Goku. with stats, I guess, yeah, but... Well, no, it is it is different characters. In Xenoverse, it was, like, Goku with... The default Goku yeah. with, like, about 12 different variations. Yeah, yeah. Then there was Super Saiyan 4 Goku, Super Saiyan God, Super oh, Saiyan yeah. God Super Saiyan... Then there was all the other stuff on top of that, which I can't remember. So they're just doing one Goku, and any transformation stuff is in the abilities. Which is good, because that means there's more niche characters that can come in. I'm actually curious if it's only going up to Z, and they're not going to do... I would assume they're only going up to Z and not Super, because it's called Z. I think it's... I'm, I want to say it was confirmed at Evo that they're going up to Z, with maybe something... Because they're going up to Z, I think, in terms of characters, but they're going into other things... In terms of abilities, like Frieza can do Golden Frieza. Oh, okay. That's right. not from Z. Unless you consider the That's movie from... Z, I guess. No, those super, hmm. those are super. Okay. Alright. Yeah, if they want to do the movies, that they've got way more room to work. That means, like, Broly can come in, oh, Cooler God. can come in. You're going to want to see at least Broly. Uh, he's the one everybody wants to see. It's always going to be Broly. Because Broly's yeah. Broly. Broly's the Hulk Broly of Dragon Ball. Everybody wants I to really see the I really hope Hulk. they allow... There's, I have a dream for that game, as for some kind of DLC or an April Fool's joke. They do fully recorded lines or like an announcer pack thing for the Team Four Star guys. It'd be nice because they were involved be... in the universe a little bit. Yeah, they had uh, I think uh, Takahata. At least I know at least Takahata. I'm well, not sure who one. else. Uh, two. Uh, yeah, for Xenoverse One and Two, Takahata and one other person from Four Star had voices as like a programmable voice. For two, it's Taka. A Kaiser, and I think also Lanny. I think all three of them got into two. Thank you. So I'm pretty sure all three of them got... I know Kaiser for sure is in it as well. I think Lanny's... Yeah, they are. All three of them are in it. All three of the members are in are in Xenoverse 2. And you can get their lines. I don't remember their numbers for the voice lines if you want them. You can ask those guys. <laughs> Been too long. Yeah, I just Google it. I think it's number 14 for Taka, though. Imagine, though, a trailer coming out. It's like, new content for Xenoverse. You see Goku fly in. And then maybe, if they want to be really funny, Mr. Popo comes in, and instead of, like, regular Japanese voices, which are the worst voices, why do they use Japanese voices? Instead, they use abridged. And the world pops off in joy. It'd be great. It's always a good thing to do stuff for the fans, but we'll see. Imagine being able to go online and beat someone up and just go, packing order, afterwards. Oh, That'd uh, be amazing. Yeah, it would be. It would be. Um, we'll see, because you said 20%. Like, it looks so complete already from what I've seen, and it's only 20%? Jeez. That's Arc Systems for you. True. I'll take a tiny thing, refine it, that's your demo. Go. Mm -hmm. There you go. And I know I've already seen people do attention to detail stuff. Like, they showed uh, Vegeta's final flash, 
and they put it they put the manga on top of it like it's exactly the oh, same the side by sides yeah i'm like yes. ooh that is nice it's a nice attention to detail that's a low key shot funnily enough at what capcom's doing capcom is like refusing to do any kind of loyalty stuff to a lot of the universe and the different characters it's like they can't do any of the x men but meanwhile, we've got straight fan service from the anime games, like Geese Howard from Final Fight has just been put in Tekken 7. Oh yeah, I saw the announcement, yeah. Yeah, and like DBZ is going full on like manga by manga, manga by, you know, side by side. It's kind of a weird dichotomy right now in, in fighting games. Half of it is a lot of fan service and like homage, and the other half of it is, sorry, we can't do the main part of this game. Because legal reasons. Or sometimes you wonder if they even care. And <laughs> sometimes, I don't know. Like, Capcom can do some of the most... Uh, was it DLC characters on the disc? The devs care. Yeah, but it's then <laughs> Capcom practices, I guess. Because, like, DLC yeah. characters on the disc. On the disc. Uh, in repeated that games. That was the Dark Ages, though. Of, that was the Dark Ages. This was, like, I, online pass age. Okay, so that, I, was, that was a while ago. A couple of years ago. Like, there's that one, and then it was the same thing for Street Fighter X Tech, and they did the same thing. Like, that one got less mentioned, but they did the same thing there. And I think they're learning, but then you look at, I don't know, and Marvel vs. Capcom Infinity, apparently it plays tight, but it just looks like they just did not care about how Chun-Li they actually face. Looked. Yeah. Uh, Jinx, just for the know. thumbnail, just put Shen Li's face up to the camera, just have that be it, <laughs> as a perfect demonstration. Uh, Thank you, in editing. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know, I don't, it's, like, yeah, it's about the gameplay, but people still like to look at it, and Marvel's Capcom Infinite just looks like, oh, we don't care anymore. It was so weird how it looks. I don't know, I don't know. There's... One, of the, one of the big reasons for that, Scarf? What? Because there was a leaked list a while back of a leaked roster, and usually for fighting games, the leaked roster is usually false. You have to prove the negative when it comes to the leaked lists. Yeah. But for Infinite, it's been mostly correct, and we've had one or two surprise characters come in, like Black Panther and Zero. But everything else has been pretty much called out by that leaked list. So it's like, where are the surprises? Uh, like, I think it's Xenia or something? Let me... Look it up. Basically, there was a character revealed, there was a Darkstalker, Jeddah, Jeddah from Darkstalker. Um, he was um, in the leak list and he was shown off at EVO after the Marvel vs. Capcom 3 finals. And he was on the leak list. So it's like, where's the hype when you can see all the characters coming bar 2? I'm not really sure about that one. I know fighters have done this for decades. They're like, here's a character that's in it, here's a character that's in it. And sometimes like, of course that character's in it, why wouldn't they be? But... I don't know, I've never been the biggest fan of this practice of just... Here's a character, here's a character, here's a character, here's a character. There is an upside to it, though. It helps having piecemeal characters. Yeah. It's like uh, Netherrealm is piecemealing piecemeals. They have a fighter pack one of three characters. Sub-Zero, Red Hood, and Starfire. Going back to Injustice. Yeah. But they're piecing them out separately. And piecemealing characters helps with esports. Because at the end of, or like in the middle of a tournament, it's like, hey guys, stick around, we're revealing a character, and if you drip feed the characters, you've got longer that you can drag that stuff out, okay. and keep hype going, versus dropping everything at once. It's like uh, with, what do you call it? With uh, Mortal Kombat X, they showed off characters individually, like they're doing now, but they did it a bit more in bulk, like they would do streams... Like, hey, here is four characters in one pack, four characters in another. Now it's three and three instead of four and two. So already dragging it out a bit more. So that can help with the esports element. And like esports is becoming a much more influencing factor with fighting games. Marketing. 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 I know. I, I think what I'm trying to say is when you do something enough times, it gets jaded and you have to do something different. I think that's what I'm trying to argue. But if yeah, it's still I working, agree. it's still working. I don't know. I, for me, I don't think it works anymore, but that's just me. If it's still working on other people, then it's still working on other people. But with Fighter Z, I just like, I feel like Krillin and Piccolo had to be obvious to be in there. Of course, they're not in the power and yet level. They've but... gained more hype than these new characters from, like, Marvel vs. Capcom. I feel like there's just Capcom jadedness going around, stealing that word you were using. That's true. More just, like, jadedness towards Capcom. And the, and the, it's the rise of the anime fighter. It's like, what was that one game? Uh, why am I going here? R slash Kappa. This is a bad idea for multiple reasons, what but they game? always list off the anime games. Oh yeah, uh, it was here. 
Basically, there was a four-way crossover fighting game between BlazBlue... Oh, this one. Oh, yeah, BlazBlue Tag Battle is what it was called. Okay. Here it is, yeah. So, BlazBlue, Persona, Persona. Undernight in Birth, and Ruby. As in oh. the anime Ruby from Rooster Teeth. Not even go- okay. What is that? That's like a- that's a four-way anime fighting game. I know so many people who will get into that just for Persona Arena and the Ruby alone, let alone Blazblue. It's like, Quesadilla, if you're listening to this, <laughs> this is an instant buy for you right now. Like, wow. And this is coming from Arc System, the same guys who were doing Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, yeah, they, they they do a lot of games. I I'm surprised Guilty Gear's not in there, because Blasble and Guilty Gear do some crossover sometimes. I think. Uh, sometimes they do, but I think this has already got so much in it. Putting Guilty Gear in as well, when yeah. Guilty Gear's already working on its own stuff, is a bit too much. That's true. That's true. Too much in an anime game. That, uh, funny. <laughs> that does. What even is too much in an anime game? Oh my god. That's that's an interesting combination though. Like I don't know, the anime fighter sector is quite is pretty interesting because there's just so many of them. And I don't know, they all feel like they they all feel kind of the same in some ways. I don't know. I still more fighters is better than not more fighters. Fighting games are on a renaissance, man. There are so many good ones to play right now. It's like, try and count them off the top of your head. Uh -huh. Street Fighter, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, then you've got in, uh, in Justice 2, Mortal Kombat X kind of, but that's on the way out now. Then you've got all the anime ones, you know, Guilty Gear, Blaz Blue, Bajillion. King of Fighters 14. Yeah, sorry, say that again? Uh, uh, yeah, King of Fighters 14. There's just a lot of anime ones. There's uh, so many King fighting of Fighters games. 14, Good fighting though. Games. I it, there's there's the ones that aren't that are well it's hard to say. Because... Killer Instinct too. How can we forget that Killer oh, yeah. Instinct is a thing? There's Killer Instinct there's too. So many Smash is out there. Smash. How can you forget Smash? They just look at Evo. Evo is stacked. There are side tournaments for side tournaments. Yeah, there's Wind Jammers is like being played there for some reason, even though oh it's a sports God. game. Yeah. Um. Anything versus basically for Evo. Buzz Arms there. ARMS. ARMS was not there, but ARMS is one of the title games at EVO Japan, which was just announced. So, Ooh. they're doing an EVO, but in Japan. And they're bringing things like uh, Guilty Gear and Blue there as title games as well, so <laughs> Nintendo's got their hands in pretty deep on there. Doing EVO in Japan, yet there's so much Japan already at EVO, so... Oh man. Only in a few titles, only a few. It's like uh, Blue was in all Japan finals. Yeah. But in most other games, it's like NA and EU do have good representation. It Japan and Korea own a lot in those, not so much Korea. But in Japan, now the script's flipped. Now the Gaijins are the ones who are actual Gaijins, <laughs> and Japan aren't the foreign players. Wow. It's home turf. Yeah. It's like, imagine, like, Scarf, imagine being able to prep for a tournament instead of going to a salty suite in a hotel and playing for a bit. Instead, you can now go to a full-on Japanese arcade and play Tekken 7 and Fated Retribution in the arcade. And that's your scrimming, basically. Yeah, like, that's pretty nice. So much nice. potential there. I, but it was uh, Street Fighter. What, Street Fighter was the first American in like seven years, wasn't it? Was uh... uh, he almost got there? That was a uh, Punk. Yeah, Punk. Punk got second place, and he was devastated, man. Like he did so good. Punk did in the Street Fighter finals. Yeah, but he got nipped out right at the end by GFC. Yeah, he got close. He uh, just just getting dominated. And he just getting dominated sometimes. I know you've been. I know you've been quite busy mm -hmm. getting your video backlog ready to go for San Diego Comic Con yeah. coming up soon, and your various other road trips. Evo itself took. I think I finished watching Evo the finals day at around six a.m. my time. Okay, British time. Like there, were, like Evo was very long, but every single finals in that was hype, and that's one of the best things about fighting games as a spectator. It's like uh, watching mobas. Most MOBAs aren't that hype to watch if you don't understand. It's mainly the commentators who give you the hype. Yeah. But with fighting games, it's just the guttural. It's there. Even, like, you could just listen to the crowd, and that'll give you the hype alone. Not You don't even have to be in, like, Mandalay Bay Arena. Just around a CRT watching some Smash. Yeah. You can get the hype from there. Just... FG, like, fighting games in general are in a full-on renaissance, and if you're a fighting game player, like, I've 
don't play fighting games. I watch them primarily because of it. Like, you're in a really good time right now. I know you're not too into fighting games. I was, no, no, I was a pro player in high school. Oh, what'd you play? Uh, it was uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 1 and 2 and uh, Street Fighter 3. That's what I did. Nice. And I went to I went to arcades and stuff where they were hosting the tournaments and everything. And I ranked pretty well, but never won it. And those those back in the day tournaments, like this is a this is a history thing that when it was Ooh. actual arcades hosting tournaments, actual arcades, and then they would have regionals and everything. It was pretty cool. Uh, it's just everyone crowding around a couple uh, fighting machines and just watching each other, and it's just a lot of cheering for each other and stuff like that. So it's what Evo is, but just on a smaller scale, what it was back in the day. Because, it, of course, it wasn't Evo yet, but it was pretty dang awesome. And, yeah, it's if fighting games are always a fun thing. It's a, it's a weird competitiveness to it, depending on who's fighting, because you, you always have the trash talkers and everyone and things like that, but... It's really everyone appreciating the game and appreciating combat and the tr the tricks. There are mind games you can do in that game where you're hitting high and then you're hitting low. Mind games are depending. mind games. It's not just yeah. nutty, and you have to keep those while on a world stage. Yeah, and it's you're like, trying to keep your nerves. You can do it in the comfort of your own couch, but having to sit there in the Mandalay Bloody Bay <laughs> Arena. Yeah, like I think oh. the the biggest crowd I fought in was maybe three thousand and. You got all the eyes watching you, and when you pull out a, a hit, like a last-minute win, it's so amazing, and when you blow it and you get beat, you just, it just feels so... Like, it's really high, and it's really low, depending on what's going on. And it's, it's just There's no such thing, thing as a mundane day with a fighting game tournament. Yeah, there, it really isn't, and it's just a lot of fun. Uh, it's just a different atmosphere. It really is than just playing at home. Just thinking back on Street Fighter 3, there was so much mind games you could do because of the tech system. Which, it was such a surprise to me when the creator, when he made 4, he's like, he hated the tech system. He thought it was too turtly. But it was so impressive, mm. doing the tech system, being able to tech out every move in a special. It just looked so impressive. And just the mind games with it, where you can rush in, and you, you tech every time they attack you when you're in the air, to the point that eventually you rush in, and then you just attack because they were expecting attack. And just the mind games that Tekken could do when Street Fighter 3 was a thing was great. Whereas for Marvel vs. Capcom 2, it was all about memorizing the very, very long combos, which is continuing to 3 at infinite. But the only rule was no infinites. That was the only rule back then. I don't know if that's a rule anymore because I haven't followed Marvel vs. Capcom since 2. I would hope they like, found ways to break your, up What's your infinites. bread and butter? Pull up a three-page document. <laughs> God, uh, it was so impressive seeing the long combos back in the day. Because you couldn't watch it online. It was, whoever you saw at the arcade, and you got to see the skill levels. And when you went to the big tournaments, you got to see the ocean. Like, you saw, you saw the pond, but when you got to the, to the tournaments, you saw the ocean. You got to see how big a difference there was between the low-level and the high-level players. Because there were combos you, you didn't even maybe, imagine. maybe, I've got a question for you specifically, then. Do you think maybe that since before streaming and the internet in general was a thing, that there was more of a sense of mysticism when it comes to fighting games? Like, it was literally like walking, like an old cowboy movie where you walk into the saloon to challenge someone. If a new guy walked into the arcade and stepped up to the machine with a quarter in hand, oh, we got new blood. It was right, a then. thing, yeah. That, that is the big thing about, um, there was a nickel arcade uh, back in the day, and they had all the fighters. All of them. So people would show up and they'd just play against each other and everything. And then sometimes someone you've never seen before rolls in and they're either amazing or they're not so great, but you get to see just how they develop and everything. And they did tournaments there, like just lower tournaments where people would practice for the regionals and things like that. And I know I'm regionals is the wrong word. It's like there's all these little tournaments the arcades will all host. And then there'll be the big ones, where a couple of them organize it, and then it's just pulling everyone from L.A., or everyone from San Diego and L.A. together. And I can't remember what... I think it was just called the Bigger Tournament. That's all it was. And you could see, like, how good your local was, and then when you came there, you got to see how good just everyone was. And it was very impressive. And... I... Like, for me, it was... I got to... I, I placed well enough in the matches that I, was, I could afford to go to a couple of them, without it costing. 
And that was great, but for some it was just about the passion, of course. Well, it's yeah, for everyone it's about the passion, but for a lot of people it's just you're eating your costume, you're just there to have fun and just learn from everyone else playing because that was the only way to learn was to see just how good people really were at the game because there's only so much you could figure out on your own. It's not like YouTube and streaming and everything where you can see all the good stuff and then learn how to do it yourself. You had to figure it out on your own or from someone slapping you with it, basically. <laughs> it's such a different time now because of that. Yeah, now you can just, wi I can Google something and learn what is the most efficient bread and butter for a certain fighter in a certain way. All the frame data is there. Before, if you wanted frame data, you go get a friend who's got a really big notebook and you write it down, I oh, assume. Gosh. Oh, man, yeah. That is back in the day when terminology wasn't a huge thing. It was just whatever you called it yourself. And now it's footsies and all these other words, which... Standardized. Yeah. Unless you're in... God, the controversy around the Smash... Do you know about the Smash terminology weird thing that was going on this year? I don't want to. What is, what is it? Oh, oh, Nintendo players are getting such a rip because of this. So, um, there is a certain accepted terminology, like, you know what the term mix-up means? Or, um, airborne, or, like, airborne combos, that kind of thing. Uh -huh. But for some reason, there was a thing going around where people were thinking that Smash players legitimately said guessies or floaties or anything with ease at the end like more younger like childish sounding words okay and it was like a half satire on smash and a half like this is an actual thing and people got really riled up about it and all the time you'd hear in commentary commentator is just adding ease to the end of stuff randomly <laughs> just to take the mickey so huh. like smash has not had a great time this year when it comes to that stuff. Like, it got ripped to shreds for no reason. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I never... For me, it was just low, medium, high, and then, like... I don't know. Like, for me, because it was before standardization of all these different terms, it's just, like, whatever the hell I thought of it was. Like, I don't know. I never got into it to the point where terminology for everything was made. It's like baseball, where there's a stat for literally everything. Yeah, it's... I got a prop to demonstrate this. Okay. There's one. There's one bit of terminology that I'm super handy did get modernized and standardized for because of watching lots of different games, um, and apart from one or two, uh, one, two, three, and four notations for the face buttons. Because of course, if you're PlayStation, it's square, triangle, X, circle. On Xbox, it's X, Y, B, A. But instead, it's now one, two, three, four in a Z pattern. Okay. And that's universal across all paths. So if you hear a comment that go like back two into super, you know that means oh it's back Y or back triangle into super. Okay. So some sometimes the standardization can be a bit cringy and a bit annoying. Sometimes it can be legitimately useful. Like that's kind of a story when it comes to modernization in general. I'd say scuff. It's like there's so many good things now with modernization. It's like you know being able to watch that stuff happen at Mandalay Bay, then talk to someone over the internet about yeah. it while looking up stats versus it being its own secluded islands, but at the same time, some of that mysticism is lost, some of that undergroundness goes. That's certainly, that's the one thing, is the undergroundness to it. And that's not a bad thing to lose. Not a bad thing to lose at all. It's just, that's what fighters were for the longest time. Like, thinking hmm. back on it so many years ago to now, just thinking about the evolution of it all, when did the, when did the Switch flip? Was it Street Fighter 4, where everything just flipped over? I can't, I... Uh, what, what, what do you mean the flipping to 2.5D? No, no, the flip yeah, between the... Um, when people didn't care about fighters anymore to when people cared again. Yes, uh, that was the dark ages of fighters. That's when everyone was doing 3D, like Mortal Kombat, Armageddon, that kind of thing. People were trying to ape like Tekken, Street Fighter went 3D, and then Street Fighter 4 rolled around. They went back to 2.5D, it looked really good, played really well, and that's when fighters really kicked back in. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, there's just this long stagnation period. There's a very long period where there's not really anything really happening. And I think that's when I fell out, because I'm like, well, there's nothing really going on here, so I'll just go play other things. Hmm. And, like, it's fun getting sitting down with a fighter and meticulously figuring out every combo. That was something that was very fun to do back in the day, was, like, even Soul Calibur 2 was sit down, play every single character, figure out all the combos you can do with them, all the little touches and everything. Because in Soul Calibur, I don't remember like the later ones, I went as far as 3 or 4, because they went to places, never had it, but with Soul Calibur 2, it was you could hit the button and then move the stick a little bit, and it would do different moves. Like, just a real quick thing, with like, uh, not Yoshimitsu, with Mitsurugi. He could do certain things, yeah. 
where if you hit Y at a point and you hit forward, it would be a forward slash. And if you just hit Y, it would be more of a, a, more of a vertical slash. A vertical. And there were little touches like that, same with Raphael. And that was a nice thing about that is making it where it was movements after the press instead of just movement then the press. But that's because Soul Calibur is a whole different beast anyway. Yes. Soul Calibur is like a whole different thing with the stances, a lot of positioning stuff. Tekken's taken some of that with, like, Eddie Gordo feels <laughs> kind of similar to, Vo like to Voldo in some ways. Because he's just a walking tornado. At least tornado. in terms of look. He's a walking tornado yeah, who, just like, like does like a weird like stances like Eddie Gordo just lays on the floor chilling for a bit then goes after you. Uh Bo Raicho did some of that posing stuff in oh, Mortal yeah. Kombat. But Bo Raicho is just the worst. <laughs> Hi, I'm gonna drink and now vomit on the floor. Because lol. <laughs> because Bo Raicho. Because he's such a weird guy. This has turned into a fighting game stream now. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just become talking about fighters. And that's not there's nothing wrong with that. That's it brings variety, but the the beauty of fighters is there's so many different fighting systems and there's so many different things that can get into it and then we have like the anime fighters now. Well, it, the, there's a difference in like distinction. It's kind of weird because I you called SNK an anime fighter. Never thought of it like that ever. Like King of Fighters, I, I never thought of it as an anime fighter. Well, but King it of Fighters is. is like a half and half. Yeah, in style it is, but it's like two, it's like got the Street Fighter 2.5D thing going on. It used to be anime, but then they got a new engine system for it. Yeah, it's it's like I don't know, like I don't, all the fighters evolve in different ways. Because King of Fighters is my jam, but I never put it in tournaments. I just liked playing it, and it's a fun yeah. game. And then Capcom versus SNK was pretty fun, and SNK versus Capcom was pretty fun too. That fun idea of having two different namings. Oh god, I liked I liked when they did the versus stuff. Like I think the first one was X Men versus Street Fighter. I believe was the first versus. I might be wrong on that, but. That one was really fun, and then they just evolved it and evolved it, and then we eventually got to see Capcom versus SNK, and we got one of the only one that came to to Nintendo to uh, the GameCube, I think it was, was Tatsunoko versus Capcom. No, not GameCube, to uh, the Wii, I think. Tatsunoko versus hmm. Capcom was pretty good. And that was not, Tatsunoko versus yeah, it was Capcom. It's literally Capcom versus an anime company. That's what it was. Just an entire company. Yeah, it was just all the games they had. So you had you had Ryu. You had. Ken. Is the sequel to that gonna? Is the sequel to There's that gonna sequel, be Capcom too. versus Funimation? Like what? <laughs> there, I think there is a sequel. It's oh only god, Japan. Capcom versus Crunchyroll. No, <laughs> I don't know how that would go. But it that had... would be the best fighting game ever. It would basically be Mugen. That's Mugen at that point. But that's what that is. I think we're all waiting for Mugen just to be a thing. I think we're all waiting for that because that's. That's been it's a thing a for a long time. It's getting an actual one? Like, a half release. Like, he's doing... The guy who's making Mugen, I don't know who his name is, but uh. he's doing, like, an actual release, I think. Okay. Now, if anyone doesn't know what yeah. Mugen is, though, it's, um... It's been around for, like, 10, Silly. 20 years, I swear. The concept of just all the fighters combined, like, with modding or just anyone Pop who puts culture. it in. And it's just... Yeah. People just put their own spin on just fighting styles and... Every anime has a character in that thing. Like, it's just... I don't know the right way to word it. It's just everyone could just make their characters and put them in there. Of course, they're just using it a It is fan the service the video game. Have you ever there wanted you to see Homer Simpson fight against JoJo? <laughs> there you go. There you go. You've got characters you really like from some random anime. You get to have the fights here. It, it's, a, it's a random thing. Like, Daisy... I, like, I remember there's Daisy... And one of her specials, depending on who makes the character, is the eye beam from the eye from the back of her head from Smash Brothers. <laughs> because well, whichever Smash, I think it was Melee, you could look at the statues and you could get super close up. And if you look in the back of Daisy's head, she's got a third eye over there. So Ooh. somebody made a character where Daisy turns around and hits and does basically an optic blast with the back of her head with an eye blast. You can do whatever you want with that game with with Mugen. You just have to figure out how to make your own characters. It's basically my imagination, the fighting game kind of thing. It's such a random thing what Mugen is. And you're saying they're, they can actually, they're trying to release it? I think, or at least they're doing some kind of big title update. It's, it's a miracle it's never been taken down by any of the companies. Because it's such a crazy concept. Yeah, you think that would be like the single biggest... Okay, so they're not doing a release, they're doing like a big update soon. Okay. Is what they're doing. But yeah, in, Mugen is... The poster child for copyright infringement. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like Maximilian and the Yo Video Game guys. The YouTuber is Imugen now. Yes. I've got a good way to round this out. Okay. And we can move on. Okay. If you're, li- if you're watching this, finish this video. Then go to Twitch. Look up Salty Bet. They permanently stream Mugen, and they just stream AI versus AI fights of random characters, and you can bet on you can bet on them with like Twitch <laughs> currency. Really? It's the best thing. It's like there's different rules. Like for instance, um, John Cena's in it. He's invisible and has plot armor. Oh my god! Like they do different like wacky randomizers. There's waifu wars where you get like different bonuses. Like it's it's a Mugen is just wacky and weird and fun is one of the best things that fun factor especially yeah FGC in general is just having a fun time yeah it's, it's basically fun's the right word for it because it's it's like just slapping uh, action figures together that's what that game is that's all that is yes that's a very good way and to describe it yeah there's there's nothing wrong with that at all that's that's fun you can you can put Hulk Hogan in there you want to see Hulk Hogan fight a Ninja Turtle here you go. Moving on to something which is happening right now, actually, at the time of recording. It just opened up about an hour or two ago. PlayStation 4 is getting the exclusivity period on the Destiny 2 beta. Oh. What was your take on Destiny? If Uh, you had one. I did not get to play it because it never came to PC. Never came to PC. Never came. Are you going to touch it? Are you going to touch it for Destiny 2 now I, that it's getting a PC release? I want to, like, because um, I really wanted to play 1. So many people had so many problems with uh, with 1, but I still wanted to try it out. And everyone's saying, like, maybe they learned for this one. Well, it's on PC this time, so they learned one thing. But um, I have hopes. I have hopes. I want to check it out. Uh, there's so many games, though. Like, it's... I had this conversation with John in the last podcast, which was... October alone has Shadow of War, it has Wolfenstein, and Destiny 2 is in the middle of that for PC. So you got Shadow of War early October, Destiny 2 is middle of October, and then you have Wolfenstein late October. So it's stuck in the middle of two games that are going to get a lot of play. And so oh, I'm not October's sure. actually way more stacked. I just looked at the uh, game informer. I always go here for the video game releases. Okay. Here is the full list for October as of right now. Okay. Battle Chasers Night War, Forza Motorsport 3, Mid- uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War, The Evil Within 2, Gran Turismo Sport. I repeat, Gran Turismo's actually coming out. It's not numbered, but it's Gran Turismo. Holy crap. Yeah. LX. The new South Park game, The Fractured Butthole. <laughs> WWE 2K18, Destiny 2, Night of Azure 2, Bride of the New Moon, Assassin's Creed Origins, hype for that one, no bias here, Super Mario Bloody Odyssey. Oh, shoot, that's Super in Super Mario, but with mind control. Yeah, October 27th. Ooh. And Wolfenstein New Colossus. That's 12 games. Yeah. It's like a September Destiny. Destiny's out on September 6th. Na- uh, NAC yeah. 2, biggest game of the year, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's like... We are starting to pick up now in terms of pace. Like, I'm even looking towards early stuff, like, um, next month, for instance. Uh, Let's look at August. August, okay. Uh, Ark Survival Evolved apparently is releasing fully. Wow, okay, I didn't know about that. That's a fun one. Ark Sur- yeah, Ark's finally getting a release. Hellblade Sooner Sacrifice. Now, I'm actually really excited for that. Hellblade. It's, an, it's a single-player Dark Souls-ish script, like, linear adventure game. That's set in Norse area, but focus heavily on the character having mental problems. That's interesting. Okay. And those are her enemies. It's they've they've gone less on those tones. Like the early advertisements were talking heavily about how, like, oh, the story is going to be based around her having depression and how that can like influence some things and like sociopathy and that kind of stuff. I've just butchered the pronunciation of that. <laughs> but they've gone they've toned back on that a bit more to the more Norse elements, but it's still there in Hellblade. So I want to see how they handle that topic. Okay. Because if they do it well, that could be really cool. Uh, Lawbreakers after that is having its full release. Uh, I'm a bit cold on Lawbreakers. Yeah. It's a good game by the looks of it. Uh, did you play the beta? No, I just, I worked on other things. I just have no, I just haven't had any interest in it. I really haven't. I don't know what it is about Lawbreakers. It's been thrown. Too many itself. shooters. Yeah, maybe. It's been thrown itself at me and I just have not had no interest in it. Like, hey, we're open. It's like, okay, that's cool. Hey, we're open again. That's cool. We're open again. I don't know why I haven't played it. I just don't know. I just, I look at it and I go, nah. Their whole develop, their whole advertising thing has been just very in your face about it. Like, just, it's just in your face. Which like, I like me. and dislike. Yeah, and like, just, for me, it, it leaves me cold on that. Just because I have enough other mm. things to do. So I don't need it shoved in my face. 
Uh, Mega Man Legacy Collection 2, Agents of Mayhem. Oh, I forgot about that Agents one. Agents of Mayhem, the uh, Volition game, yeah. the spiritual sequel to Saints Row. Yeah. Basically, Overwatch meets Saints Row, but single player. Which kind of removes one of the best things about Saints Row, which is the co-op. I mean, but Saints Row is a great single player game, but I mean, the co-op really enhanced it. But now this is a Saints Row-esque game with a three-party crew that you hop-swap between mid-mission. Single player? Yes, purely single player. So it's taken Overwatch hero design, slapped it in Saints Row. That instantly makes me have no interest in that game at all. Like, yep. I liked thing. playing Saints with a friend. I, you have three characters. I. What else is I, there to say? There's no co-op. What the hell? I'm dumbfounded. I maybe it'll be a great game. I don't know, but I'm dumbfounded right now. I. I don't. I got nothing. I got. I got nothing on that. PS4 release, Sonic Mania. If anyone's interested in that, I hope that's coming out. I hope they have an amazing meme game. Oh my god, their Twitter is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Corporate Twitters are getting better and better. Wendy's have set the trend on that. Wendy's, Arby's. Uh, oh, I love. Okay, I gotta mention the Arby's, the the Wendy's tweet, which was like. Hey, how many retweets do I need to get a free Frosty? Like, they're 50 oh, cents. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. People don't have money. Yeah, that's why he made it 50 cents. It's like, damn. <laughs> Wendy's <laughs> wow. on fire. Uh, yes. Uh, Sudden Strike 4. I'm not sure what that is. That one is. Um, uh, the Escape. Oh, The Escapist is getting a sequel? You what? It Apparently is. The Escapist is getting a sequel. That's on, that's on the 22nd of August. Really? What? I did... That came out of nowhere. Yeah, I didn't even know. I. I didn't even know. This is surprising me quite a bit. I know uh, at the, the end of the month... Uncharted... Oh, at the Uncharted spinoff. I was going to say, at the end of the month, it is quite a Blizzard move happening here. Um, it's going to be XCOM 2, well, the expansion, and then Rabbids Mario the exact same uh, day. The Mario Rabbids game, it looks so, so good, but so weird. XCOM or XCOM? <laughs> but it's such a blizzard move same day you, you want to know what's funny though yeah the devs at xcom i can guarantee you Firaxis are so happy that the mario xcom the mario rabbits xcom game ex game exists you oh, know yeah. why i saw the interview. you're introducing kids yeah. to that format which is huge a uh, bit of a sleeper game i want to mention two sleeper games actually that's kind of we've walked over uh the first one being everybody's golf that's huge in Japan, okay. and that's coming to the West on the 29th. And Absolver. Oh, Absolver's Absolver coming. is a fighting game. As in, like, more of a For Honor-ish yeah. or Brawler style, but it's still PvE, PvP kind of. And it yeah. uses the whole, like, four-way stance system with customization. That looks... That could be, like, the thing that takes For Honor's throne and knocks it off, finally, if Absolver ends up being good. Yeah. It's in Alpha right now as we speak, but it's NDA'd. I I uh, see it like okay Absolver I've tried so hard to get in there they just they're like no we don't like you but I've tried but Absolver I look at I like I don't it looks like it might be like I like what I like about For Honor is it was complicated but simple enough I felt I look at yeah. Absolver just from the outside like this looks way too damn complicated it looks nice but I I worry about the complication of it but it does look like it kind of in the same vein as For Honor but just a little faster and everything yeah. We skipped over something, actually, uh, two pretty big things as well in July. We're skipping backwards and forwards, but there's so much stuff, we're starting to ramp up again. Yeah. Uh, Pyre is coming out on 26th. The oh, Pyre. The next game from the guys who made Bastion and Transistor. Yeah. Which it's were... Druic Football. Yeah, I... Okay. <laughs> I'm not sold on it, is my problem. Like, they have a good yes. pedigree. They... Bastion is Bastion, and Transistor was pretty good too, but... I don't know. Like, I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to wait and see. Like, I talked about it with John as well. I'm going to wait and see on that one, because I just don't know. That's such an interesting idea, though. Uh, next one in July is the Fortnite Pair Daily Access is starting up. NDA's lifting, finally. I, uh, July I'm so 20... hyped for that. I love Fortnite. I play it a lot in Alpha. Of course, you can't talk about it because yeah. of NDA. Yeah. But it is so good. I haven't been able to play it with friends, mm -hmm. but just single player. You can do so much. I'm scared that wow. it's going to have a bit of a ceiling in terms of what you can do with it, unless they add a lot more stuff to it. Okay. But in general, I'm looking forward to it. I'm signed up for Fortnite through through uh, connections, and hopefully I get in there, because I really want to play it. It looks fun. It yeah. looks like 
like one word one way I put it is it looks like what orcs must die should have evolved into in some ways. Because you can mm. make basically the dungeons and everything yourself right there. That's pretty orcs cool. Orcs must die. That made me feel so, like Orcs must die unchained. I bought into that at like a hundred like a hundred something bucks. Ooh. But because I was really hyped for it at the time. But yeah. then it was like, oh, the EU servers aren't that great. Not a lot of people playing the beta. I'll back off it. And then it's like, oh, the game's going into a slump. It's back up. Then we're getting rid of the mobile elements. Now we're putting them back in. Now we're getting rid of them again. Like, the game's in a bit of flux. So I've just kind of gone like, all right, I'm going to do what I did with the other Orcs Must Die games. I'm going to leave you alone. I'm going to wait until you get more stuff in. I'm going to buy it on Steam for about three quid. Give it to a friend. And we'll play. <laughs> it's Even fun. though it's free to play, I think. Yeah, it's free to play. It's fun. Uh, me and Jinx got into it. Uh, the free-to-play incarnation. And we bought the the pack where you get to play all the heroes. And it's pretty fun. It's it's so rough around the edges, but when when it's just being Orcs Must Die, it's very fun. Yes. It 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 feels like all these years, and they should have just done this. Like it's that's what it feels like. Because it's just so good as an Orcs Must Die game instead of the whole MOBA thing they tried to do. This was back when everyone tried to do MOBA though. It was ridiculous. And During the initial surge. The only ones who successfully came out of it was Smite uh, and and Hot. The only ones who successfully came out of that. Because Dongate died. Stri is Strife even a thing anymore? Strife's dead. Strife's dead? Oof. Um, so many MOBAs that died in that rush. Yeah, uh, Orcs Must Die, you can argue, did die too. Uh, but they had Orcs Must Die to fall back on, so they yeah. just dropped the Unchained part, and now they're like, oh, it's Orcs Must Die, but with different levels, co more co-op, and lots of characters. Yeah. Which is good. Well, yeah, it's, there, there's, there's a good variety to the character. The character models are ridiculously butt-ugly, but they're, they're very fun. I, oh my god. If, Jinx, could you put up certain pictures from Orcs Must Die, please? They look amazing. Um, yes, there are... There are some shots some that characters. are amazing. Uh, but There's a lot of personality in that game in general, the way the, they do it. If you look the at their Twitter gifts, they Yes. The voice they do a lot of really good work with the Twitter. Getting up. I got off track. I don't even remember what we were talking We were talking about releases and everything. Releases. Ooh, September. What's There's some pretty September? big stuff. I actually want to discuss it with you, because you're the Nintendo head here, not me. Yeah. So, that's a big month for the Nintendo. So, first up on the block, Metroid Samus Returns for the 3DS. Ooh. That's on the way. Then, we roll right into Pokemon Gold and Silver. Not sure what that is. What's Pokemon Gold and Silver? Is that just a brand new edition, or is that a remake? That sounds like remakes. I didn't even know about that one, because I thought everyone was focused on X and Y, uh... Googling time. Po oh, is it remakes of the old... Oh, it's remakes of the old Pokemon Gold and Silver, I think. Yeah, I would assume they're just Because I just Googled Pokemon... Yeah, those were released in 1999. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, I'm old. Yep. Looks like those are re-releases. And then, same day... Pokken Tournament Deluxe for the Switch comes out. Having played Pokken, uh, Pokken's fun. It's it has some complexities to it and some uh, some simpleness to it. Was it an Evo? I have no idea. Oh, Pokken always a side tournament to Evo at least. It okay. was. I think it was featured last year, but this year I think it was a side tournament. Okay, Pokken is a fun. It's it's super simplified, but it's pretty fun. I enjoy it, but it I, it feels more like it's a fanfare thing than a than a. It has legit fighting to it. Any fighter's gonna have legit fighting to it, but it's always felt like more fanfare, and DX is just, well, now you can play it on Switch, and it's got more fanfare, because there's more characters to it. It'll be fun. If you didn't get a chance to play it on the Wii U, not a bad thing to pick up if you're a Pokemon fan, for sure, with Switch. Uh, what was the first one you said earlier? I can't, before Pokemon? Uh, the, oh, uh, Metroid, Metroid Samus Returns. I feel, oh my god, just because Not people, Metroid 4, unfortunately. Yeah. People have wanted Metroid for so long, I just feel like it's just going to sell out just because of that. Yeah, just Metroid 4 is going to go nuts. Ooh. That is, depending on what they show of it, next E3 is going to be big because the core Pokemon title that's apparently coming out for the Switch? Yeah. The Switch versus a, with a core Pokemon title. That's going to be huge. They could even integrate some stuff with Pokemon going to that because it's portable. Like, it, oh, oh yeah. God, imagine how much money they could make. It's the Switch... A core Pokemon title on console that you could then Pokemon Goify by taking it out of the dock. How much money would they make? Too much. Like, <laughs> I am. I think I'm a little cynical on that one. I think. All right. 
they're going to make something with Pokemon and it's not going to be what we think it is. And people are going to yeah. groan <laughs> a lot. And then some people are still going to buy the crap out of it. But I just, the thing is people think 3DS is going to die. People think it's dead because they've essentially made a mobile console. But it's, at the same time, I feel like Nintendo's going to try to just keep both happening. That's why we're getting Metroid Returns. I mean, we're getting Samus Returns. Instead of, they just, we're going to have two titles on Switch. I feel yeah. like they're, they're not abandoning the 3S, despite the fact some people think they are. I don't know how they think that. Uh, but it, it looks like they're going to try to just do, they're going to try to have 3DS, and they're going to have the Switch. And because of that, I don't know how strongly they're going to push for that, considering... Pokemon has been the king of mobile for so long. I just don't know. There's what another Pokemon do. game. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, no November. Pokemon yeah. Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Yeah. I, I said X and Y on accident. Yeah, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, which is supposed to be, I believe it's supposed to be in a sequel, like an, a a legit sequel, not just you you doing the same story again. I think yes. and that's what I heard. I shall Google it now and see what actually comes up with it. Sun and Moon, like, I had Sun. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's just, at the end of the day, it's a JRPG. So you really have to enjoy JRPGs. So, I got halfway through that game. Like, it was really fun, real nice, something to have not finished it. Should finish it at some point. It's an alternate storyline. It's this, uh, okay. from Pokemon Sun and Moon. So, that's interesting. Alternate storyline. We'll yeah, see how that goes. It's a second paired version of Generation 7. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that goes. People will buy the crap out of it. People always buy the crap out of Pokemon. Like, Pokemons are fun. It's just whether you got the patience for it. I don't yeah. always have the patience for it. I think this is why we're seeing the core RPG being so silent on that, because they want to milk the 3DS for as much as they can, because once the Switch gets online properly, yeah. the 3DS is almost guaranteed to be done, because the 3DS becomes a super cheap version of a Switch. I don't know if I want to go with that argument yet. I still don't. I just feel really? like... Why's that? The 3DS has different usages has different usage from the switch because it, the switch How is so? still the switch is still one screen you got two screens with the 3ds i feel like i wonder if they'll do ports or not between the two because you Maybe. see things like monster hunter double x where it's gonna have crossplay between the 3ds and the switch they didn't just go it's all going to be on the switch or they didn't they didn't just go it's all on the 3ds but I feel like the dual screen is still a feature that the tabletness to it all is still something they still want to keep doing and it, not necessarily for the Switch because as much as they have it a console as a, a mobile console, they don't like calling it a mobile device. In all their advertising, they don't they like showing you move around with it, but they'll never name drop the word mobile on it. They just don't they don't want you to see it as not a console, I guess. Like as not a at-home machine. You know, we joked last time we talked yeah. on here but that about how taking the Switch to a party, you know, or taking it to a basketball court. Yeah. Someone actually has taken the Switch to a party and then someone then took it to a basketball court. At, e at Evo, someone just took <laughs> it and it was like, oh, hey, how are you all doing? And it was filmed on a phone. You just sat down at the table in the middle of the party, like a full nightclub party hmm. at after Evo and just sat and played on the Switch and other people came over and they played Mario Kart rather than there. Being able to do that with Pokemon... Or like any other game, the Switch has... That's the one thing I think the Switch is going to be a killer product to get once a couple more games get available for it. Specifically some of those big names. Because, like, in, remember the, the fever pitch hype around being able to play Zelda on a plane? That was unheard of. Yeah. That was the most literal use of the phrase, a new paradigm has been formed. Zelda on a plane. It helped that's that a full it was console amazing. version. It helped that it was yes. an amazing game. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like they're going to try to do both. They're going to try to have their cake and eat it too. I think that's, that's Nintendo. They always do that. They always try to have the cake and eat it. Do you think they'll cannibalize each other though by doing that? Do you think the 3DS will cannibalize the Switch and the Switch will cannibalize the 3DS? I will say no if they keep the game separate. That's the, that's the thing. If they keep the game separate, like, I don't think this Pokemon game is going to be, I just don't know what it's going to be. I feel like it's going to be another idea. They say core game, but. Yeah, core RPG. What does that mean, though, to a Pokemon game yeah, these days? That's the question, is because they've done quite... They have the dungeon game, they have this one, they have... This would mean, like, a numbered New Line release, so, like, a Ruby, Sapphire, uh, 
emerald kind of thing. Quite simply, if they gen if they gen ate it, then okay, there you go. Switch is now taking Pokemon. I just don't know if they'll do that or not. It's also a question of cost on hardware, whether or not they should only be making uh, a Switch, or do they want to keep having a Switch and a uh, Game Boy, basically? But what, 3D, 3D is not a Game Boy, but it's a 3DS. I don't know, because it's 3DS is still such a big seller, and also it's just a smaller mobile. Consider can a smaller mobile in comparison to the Switch. The Switch yeah. is still a size. You can't fit a Switch in your freaking pocket. I can fit a 3DS in my pocket. So depends on the pockets, but yeah, for most of the time you can't. So I don't know. I Unless really... you're wearing like jorts. Oh, <laughs> jorts. No, I don't know. I I just I see so many people thinking the 3DS is dead, and I don't think so. I really don't. And I could be wrong. We'll find out in a year when E3 happens. But I don't think the 3DS is dead. I think they're going to try to have their cake and eat it too. That's really what I think they're going to do. Is they made the mobile console, but they also want the smaller con- the smaller mobile with 3DS. Final releases to wrap things up. Uh, Life is Strange, August 31st. Never been into Life is Strange, but it's, I recognize that it's a good series. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's, have you played it? Yeah, I just finished the, the LP on it. It's, All right. Well, it's, what did you think of it? The episodes ever going to end on the 27th of August, so right before the prequel comes out. Uh, oh, nice. Can't give anything away. That game, it's a ride. It is a, it's a literal roller coaster ride of start out here, you go right the hell up, and then you were just going up and down a lot. And you never go below the baseline. I don't think it never gets the slow points are there to give you a freaking breath from how crazy it's been. It's never a slow point that you're like, okay, this is dragging. It never gets to a dragging point. It just goes like, all right, and then we're going up again, and then we're going crazy again. So it's pretty well placed, in my opinion. And it throws you, it throws a lot of punches at you, and it's it's really good narrative-wise. It's pretty enjoyable. Hate the ending. I swear to God, all these games, they... There's so many games with amazing rides, and then the ending is just not there. And this is one of those I knew there was a... There was a controversy about uh, the SAG-AFRA, whatever voice actor guild, the oh. protests have meant that the main actor for the protagonist, whatever her name was, she's you know, not one of the most back. important things, yeah, she's not in the prequel, which is like, you know, in a story-based game that's like that, you kind of need the voice actor. Yeah, um, having listened to the, the prequel, like, they, they released some of the first level, uh, the first chapter... She sounds fine. It's three years before this game. So it's like, okay, so she just hasn't... Her lady balls haven't dropped yet, basically, for her voice. That's all. You're good. She just sounds uh, a little different because she hasn't hit uh, that point. Uh, that's the weird choice of words was lady balls dropped. Um, I know, right? Girls' voices don't change as much, do they? Yeah, there's not... They've kind of got themselves in the corner now with this. Like, how many exclamations do they have to, to but, justify the, the voice actor change? She... At the end of the day, they don't really. It's just she's just a different voice, and she's younger, so maybe her voice is a little different. That's all they can do. Um, it's a different yeah. developer as well, which is a surprise. Oh, different developer doing the prequel, and it's probably why they did a prequel. Because what can they really do as a sequel? You need to know the story really well to build on it. I just don't know. It's a prequel, and how good are prequels? I Star Wars depends on the game. Star Wars. There have been some really good prequels, some really in, in games in general. There have been one or two. I have to go look them up because there aren't too many prequels. Uh, actually, there's one prequel, kind of. Uh, Darksiders Two was a sort of prequel. It was. And that it was, was a cycle, wasn't it? Really, like it's during one. Started as a prequel, ends up being a parallel quill. Yeah, it's so weird that one. Pa- parallel, yeah, parallel quill. I'm sticking with the word. Are you ever making three? Uh, yeah, three was oh, coming out. Uh, Fury with the whip All right, and the funky hair. Okay, well, uh, we better wrap this up. It's getting late for you. And... Oh, God. I... <laughs> oh, man. Yes, this is meant to be just an hour. We run over every time. Yeah, yeah, we do. And um, is there any new advice you got for people? Just ending this out? Uh, there's always advice. What are we talking about? There's always advice to give. To but keep it themed, save your money. Dear God. <laughs> it's like, even the stuff we haven't talked about like it's, that it's coming up, like new Total Warhammer. Cuphead's coming out, you okay, know, and then, it. like, uh, then October, Middle Earth, all the other stuff we talked about, the new COD, Crackdown 3, pa- save your money, dick, God, just <laughs> try and squirrel away if you can, because 2017's starting to look pretty decent in terms of games. Yeah, there's an embarrassment of riches in October. Oh my god, just October. Just all, the, all that's in there. 
And then, if you somehow have money, Battlefront 2 in November. I feel like Battlefront might be the loser because of all this, all this games before it. Depends how they handle it. I want to see the story mode. I do want to see the story mode, and I just, I have no positivity about the microtransactions. Free DLC, guys! Microtransactions. I don't know. I don't yep. know. I just want to be a droid, though. I really want to go Roger Roger all day. That's the one thing I want. You can I do want. that. So, I don't know. I'm a bit not sure about Battlefront 2. But I also want to play it, so I don't know. But, um, let's end this out. So, this has been basically a podcast with Verb, who is drinking... Drinking what? Hi! What are you Pepsi. Oh, Pepsi. Okay. So, we've been... We, this is an interesting one, talking about fighters and everything, and... Had fun talking and everything. Um... Feedback is always welcome for this. We're still working on it, and there's still plenty of room to grow and get better at it, and we will... I'm going to try to get Jack for the next one. We'll see what we get for the next one, but eventually, after all this craziness with trips and everything, I will try to get people who are not Verb and John and Jag. but for now, it's... It's basically building the base. It's what we're doing right now, and we'll see in the future, but for now, that right there has been basically a podcast with Verbalocity... You can find him on Twitter and Twitch and everywhere. Just Verbalocity. The information will be down below. Yeah. Thanks for coming by and see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Every time.